The apostle Paul said, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. What more can be said about living for God? Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Ah, I just read in your hearing, and you can entitle it this this morning, a man with no regrets. But I dropped down to verse 10, and it said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. When you and I face God, it will be one of two statements. I fought a good fight, or I love this present world. I come to ask somebody, uh, which will it be? Uh, let's lift up our hands all across this house uh, and let's pray for the anointing uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, to fill this house. Uh, God, I come to you again this morning. Uh, there are hearts and lives uh, that you're dealing with, that you're speaking to. Uh, God, I'm asking, uh, work uh, and help us to surrender uh, to your purpose and to your plan. Uh, and we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor uh, that's due unto uh, your holy uh, and precious name. Uh, clap your hands unto the Lord. And thank him for the word. You may be seated in Jesus' name. My thoughts were filled with emotion. On Sunday, January the 26th of 2020, on that Sunday afternoon when I got the news of a tragic accident that had taken place in the state of California, there were nine individuals aboard a helicopter that went down. Most of you here today can tell me the name of one. But the other eight, most of us do not know. I just want to simply say, I'm not preaching about the tragedy just because it happened. But it lets us all know that eternity is before us all. And it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're famous or unknown. We are all going to face God Almighty. And what then? For there is an appointment that we all have. And I'm asking somebody here this morning, will it be with regrets or will it be without regrets? Because you see, the one choice that we all will make is where we spend eternity. On that day, you won't blame anybody else. 
because it's going to be just you and God and the life uh, you lived. Uh, I'm preaching this morning. Uh, I got to hear uh, those seven words. Uh, well done, uh, thou good and faithful uh, servant. Uh, folks, uh, I got to fight uh, a good fight. I got to finish my course. Uh, and by God, uh, I got to keep the faith. And so I ask you, will it matter to God that this man had won five NBA championships with the L.A. Lakers? Will it matter that he was the fourth leading scorer in the NBA? Will it matter that he scored 81 points in one game to have the second highest points scored in a game in NBA history and that he scored 60 points in the last game that he played. Though he did charitable work for young people, will it matter to God on that particular day in eternity? Folks, I'm telling somebody, if we're not careful, we're majoring in the minors and minoring in the majors. Uh, let me just go another step further. I, I don't want to go by myself. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody. Uh, I got to take my wife uh, and I got to take my family with me. Uh, if they never accomplished uh, anything else uh, in life, uh, may it be said uh, they love God uh, with all their heart. Lift up your hands and love him with me, church. Friday, September the 18th of 2020. We got the news of the death of a Supreme Court justice who had been battling cancer for several years. My question is, will it matter to God that she graduated joint first from her Columbia Law School Will it matter to God she was a professor at Rutgers Law School? And will it matter to God that she was an advocate for equal and women's rights? Will it matter that she was the first Jewish woman and second woman to serve on the Supreme Court? And will it matter to God that she was the first justice to officiate at a same-sex marriage? I'm just simply asking somebody what's going to matter on that day. I wonder what else I could ask about Demas 
that I just read in your hearing about uh, because I'm afraid uh, that throughout my lifetime uh, I've seen too many demises uh, that have come to church uh, and shouted the aisles uh, and talked in tongues uh, but there was a hold uh, that the world had on them uh, I'm telling somebody uh, take this world uh, but give me Jesus uh, take this world uh, but give my God uh, I think it ought to be the anthem uh, throughout this congregation uh, take this world uh, but give me Jesus First John chapter 2, verse 15, simply states, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye. And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I've come to ask us, isn't it amazing that the closer we get to Jesus, the less of this world we want? And isn't it amazing that the more of this world that we desire, the less of God and the house of God and the... My God, somebody help me preach here. I'm talking to somebody. What is your desire? So I come to ask somebody, how will your story read in eternity? I remember a lady in revival, sitting from the pulpit on the right-hand side. We went through that first week of revival, and she sat there as if she was unmoved, untouched. And I kept reaching. Well, St. Clair, you all know what it's like. There are those that God deal with you about when you get revival. You can't get away from and. And I'm telling somebody, your name has been called around this altar. Because I promise, if you'd listen to the preacher, you'd make the right decision. But that's a decision, an ultimate decision that I can't make for you. Somebody help me here. I'm telling you, I'd stand on my head if I could get you saved this morning. But that decision is up to you. And that lady sat there and sat there. The second week began and we started preaching again and God was dealing with her. And one night, most of the congregation was in the, was in the altar, in the aisles, praying around the front. And I felt impressed, Brother St. Clair, and I went back there. And I said, ma'am, what are you waiting on? I said, what are you waiting on? 
And she looked at me and she said, I can't. I knew God had dealt with me. I want to tell somebody, every one of us have been heard in the church at one time or another. Somebody help me here. I've had my ups and downs, uh, but I've never got to a point uh, where I was ready uh, to walk away from God. Uh, I can't help what others do, uh, but I've made up my mind. Come on, somebody. Uh, I believe in a holiness uh, and a godly way uh, if we're going to make heaven. I'm pleading with somebody. Leave the world alone. You can't serve two masters. I said, what'd you say? I knew what she said. She said, I, I can't. I said, ma'am, I'm not going to drag you to the altar this evening. You got to worry about that. But as long as you believe you can't, Do you know what's going to keep a whole lot of folk out of heaven? It's called unbelief. And there isn't anything I can do about that. That's something you've got to make up your mind about. Oh, God, somebody help me here. She said, I can't. I looked at her and I said, as long as you believe that, you can't. But when you make up your mind, you can. I'm telling you that God has reached with a nail-scarred hand. And I'm telling you, you can. You and I'm preaching to somebody here today. You can. You can. You can. couple nights later I got preaching and I said folks these altars are open and she jumped up and ran to the altar and God filled her with the Holy Ghost and I'm telling somebody in this house today you can, you can you can You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. Don't care. I may have said it last week. There was a demonic with 2,000 devils. And there ain't anybody in this house. If there was anybody who should not have been able to worship. But when he made up his mind. 2,000 devils. 
You know what happens when Jesus walks into your presence? Uh, they begin to tremble. My God, I'm preaching to somebody. He's walking these aisles this morning. Somebody has allowed the allure of the world to get a hold of you. But I'm preaching. You're going to wind up with a lot of regrets. But this morning, God is calling us to Calvary because he loves us. I said in the church, as a precious pastor friend of mine began to tell me about his family being raised in the apostolic church, his daddy, a preacher, pastor. Had a brother and two sisters, and they were real musically inclined, and could sing, and if I'd call their name, some of you'd know them. But he said, my, my brother got caught up in the world. I want to tell some of you young people what you do and where you go, and it matters. Josh, Brother Shepard, going to do all he can to help you get to heaven. But you got to make up your mind. You got to keep a clean heart so you can have a pure mind. God cleans up the heart to give us a pure mind. The enemy works on the mind to get to the heart. Oh, somebody help me here. You got to watch where you go and what you do and what you look at. And come on, somebody. Don't look at me and say, you poor Pentecostal. I, I'm telling somebody, I, I got the best of this deal. I laid down a lot of heartache, a, a lot of pain, a, a lot of suffering. Uh, come on, somebody. Look, 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 look at what we can't do. I don't see any police in this house. Have we not seen more of what Brother, Brother Gill taught about this morning? Because when you stand for something, yeah. Yeah. It, what, what he read this morning, it's not a matter of us taking out a natural sword and, and fighting. But when you stand up and say, I believe in this great apostolic Pentecostal holiness, uh, separated life, uh, there's somebody going to stand up uh, and want to fight. And folks, I'm telling somebody, I didn't get in this thing to quit.
God, he brought me out of the miry clay. Why would I want to go back? Somebody help me. Why would I want to lose my family to the world? There's things we don't do. It ain't because of my pastor. It's because I love God. If holiness does not matter, why didn't he leave them naked in the garden? I want to tell somebody, I don't want any regrets. Some of you have got them, but today is a brand new day for his mercies. They're new every morning. Now, that's why we're here today. so much trouble in the United States today is because we got a bunch of educators trying to say that male and female doesn't matter but in the beginning God made them male and female God separated God made the distinction and I come to tell somebody there's only two Why do some of us want to see just how close we can live to the world? So somebody tell me why. Oh, none of you will talk to me about that, will you? Love it. Yeah. Love it. Demas has forsaken me. What was he involved in? Come on. Come on my, my, my. And this pastor friend, he said, my brother started doing worldly things. Started dating outside of the church. Uh-huh. Let, let me just tell you this. I don't care if you're six or 60. Or 30 or 90. If you're going to marry, marry in the church, young people. And I don't care if you're 65 and lost your companion and got every right in the world 
to get married again. Don't look at our young people and try to get them to do something you can't do yourself. mess up but I hate for an elder that's been in 40 years in the church and then they say well I'm just so lonely I'm telling somebody my God get on your knees and pray what am I saying I don't want anything to cause me to be lost and I'd hate to know that the last five years of my life I'd lose my soul Porn is rapid in our day and age. Yes, sir. Thank you, Pastor Sy. But isn't it amazing? We've always blamed the men. But the last poll I seen, it's somewhere over thirty percent that the users are women. Help me here. You know how you get rid of this flesh? You crucify it. You know what the cross is? It's an instrument where we die out to our flesh. And if you ain't ever tried it, I challenge you to give it a chance. Because I promise you that it works. Can I get some amens? Uh, we got some folks doing things uh, that you're going to regret uh, if you don't get right with God uh, and do it now. my spirit here this morning now somebody hear me you're going to wind up with regrets. Scripture declares, I can do all things. I can do all things. Well, I got some of you squirming here. Instead of squirming, you need to get in the altar. Because <laughs> there's some things you're never going to overcome on your own mind and own accord. There's some things that have you bound uh, that you'll forever be bound uh, until he sets you free. Uh, but I'm preaching here this morning uh, that my God uh, can do anything. Uh, there's not a chain. Uh, there's not a fetter. Uh, there's not a cord. Uh, there's not a habit. Uh, there's not a vice uh, that he can't break.
I've seen folks that just end the day out tomorrow. End the day out. Pray them through on Monday night. And I won't tell you. I had a grandfather. If, if he did anything, he got in church, and that's how come my mom was in church, and that's how come I'm in church. So I'm telling some of you ladies that don't have a companion or have a backslidden husband, sometimes you've got to do it. My grandfather felt a call to preach at an early age. Didn't heed the call. And I want to tell some of you folks, if you're not careful, you're going to wake up 20 years from now. And what you could have done for God. Let me tell something. Around 30 years ago, I felt called to evangelize. Those things are something you can't get away from. True. I said, God, what, what am I going to do? I, I mean, now, now I, I know this ain't popular in our day and age, but uh, I, I was concerned how I was going to make a living. I... I Saw you, you'll say amen. I know you will. Uh, I, I don't believe lazy people are going to make heaven. Brother Steve Carson stepped to the pulpit. He turned around and he said, Brother Shepherd, Lord told me to tell you something. I hadn't done my first week of revival yet. He said, number one, God said there will always be enough. And I come to tell somebody, I don't know what I'm going to make from week to week. But you know what? It really don't matter. Because I got a promise. You can look at that little lady right over there and ask her. We've never been late one time on a bill. And God said, when the door opens, it'll open wide. I know that amazes some of you, but it's been 28 years now, and I've had very little off time. You know why? Because God is concerned about his children. And there are times we got to make moves to see our families saved. But I promise you, if you're doing it for the right reason, there'll always be enough. 
Somebody help me here. I'm preaching to somebody. I don't want to get up 10 years from now and wonder what I could have done for God. I don't want to wonder what I could have preached and what I could have seen done for the kingdom of God. And it haunted my grandfather because he didn't fulfill the will of God. And I looked my mother in the eye and said, it ain't going to be with Bruce Shepherd. You may not like me, may not like how I do it, but I'm telling somebody I'm going to give it my all. And I'm preaching to somebody in this house. I promise you that if you give it all to God today, you won't leave here the way you came. I don't want to miss it this morning and I'm not trying to go too long but I feel I got a couple of things I need to hit if we're not careful we always want to blame somebody else but I want you to understand it started in the beginning Genesis 3 and 12 said and the man said But if you back up to Genesis 2 and 16, before the woman was ever formed or made or created, God looked at the man and said, I want you to know, you, she wasn't there. I don't find where God told her that, but he did tell the man. I want to tell some men here today, there's a lot of responsibility that that is on our shoulders. Come on, somebody. We got too many weak-kneed men that want their wife to take the kids to the church. And that's never been God's intention. Somebody help me here. God's looking for some men that'll rise up and say, if there's any shouting going to take place, I'm going to be out here shouting. If there's any tongue-talking, my God, I'm preaching to some men in this house. If there's any prayer going on, it's going to start with me. What could happen here if our men would catch on fire? another step I got to make right here Colossians 3 and 18 boy how'd you get all that in this I, I don't know ask him wives 
Submit yourselves unto your own husband as it is fit in the Lord. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. And when you get married, it's no longer the big eye. When you get married, God don't just see you. He sees y'all. Oh, God. And I, I want to ask some of you all, why do you all make your marriages so miserable? And I, and there's some, his sister couldn't live with some of you men. I want to tell somebody, life's too short for us to fuss and fight in our homes all the time. Come on, somebody. There's some husbands in this house that need to take your wife by the hand and say, let's go to the altar together today because I don't want to wind up with regrets. I don't want my family falling apart. I don't want to be lost. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody. Don't allow this world. Don't allow this world to cause you to be lost. Lift up your hands all across this house. Come on, somebody. It ain't going to matter who you are. It ain't going to matter about how much you acquire or how big of a home you have. I'm asking somebody, are you ready for eternity? some daddy to take mama by the hand grab them kids and say I'm not going to be lost I'm not going to look back 20 years and wonder what I should have done come on young people I wonder some of you would make a start for God uh, and tell him uh, I'm not an Egyptian. Woo! I wonder if somebody would decide 
to shake the world today. Come on all across this house as we stand. Let's find a place to pray. Brother St. Clair, I've got to be saved. My family's got to be saved. My babies have got to be saved. I'm asking somebody what's going to be said uh, between the date of your birth uh, and the date of your departure. My God, somebody ought to cry. Somebody ought to pray. A man with no regrets. <laughs> Come on, church. There ought to be a sound of travail in this house. Come on, Daddy. Come on, Mama. Hey. Hey, <laughs> 